We are all guilty of wasting time. In fact, one survey found a whopping 89% of employees admitted that they waste time in work every single day. Yeah, let that sink in. <laughs> but there is a fine line between good and bad use of time. Unplugging and recharging, building relationships, learning a new skill, hobbies, they are good time spenders. Wasting time would be doing trivial and unproductive tasks. So here is some examples. Complaining, gossiping, doing other people's work, watching TV, hanging out with negative people, procrastinating, indecision, reading the news, waiting for something to happen, attending unnecessary meetings, reading emails all day, playing email ping pong, not putting things away, surfing the web all day, constantly updating your social media status, looking for the things you misplaced, letting email or phone notifications interrupt your day, piling instead of filing, and finally solving the same problems again. Today we have Paul Holbrook with us. He is here to help us understand how we can best spend our time whilst working from home. Paul Holbrook is a time management rebel and a leader disruptor who, after 20 years in change management in the City of London, decided that he simply had enough of standing by, watching the toxic effects of people's diaries on themselves and those around them. And it was from that moment he decided he wanted to spend his time creating a world of better-led people. <laughs> Having covered a variety of roles in technology and people management, Paul is very, very passionate about improvement, and you'll see that today. He believes the only thing stopping people getting the most from themselves is unerring attention to getting the best from everyone and everything around them. It all starts with what's in their diary. Paul, Welcome to Success Talks. We are so pleased to have you here. Thank How you. is your day so far? Uh, well, I was on holiday this weekend from Thursday until Monday. So I'm actually coming back off holiday today. So as is with the same with everybody, I think you just you need a little bit of time just to get back into the groove. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you've had your recharge. Now it's getting back in, winding yeah. it back up and, and focusing. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Uh, so, Paul, you mentioned something very key in your article, and it was about how people all of a sudden felt more productive during lockdown, when the reality was something else. Can you elaborate on this? Yeah, well, it's something I experienced. Um, so I noticed as soon as lockdown started, I became really, really productive. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty productive anyway, but it's almost like I became super productive overnight. And 
I just rode the wave. I went with it. I thought this is great. This is fantastic. I've, I've got loads of great ideas. I've got plenty of time to, to work, plenty of time to think about stuff. Um, and that was all great. Um, but after about four weeks, four going into five weeks, something started to happen. And I wasn't quite sure what it was. And I just started to finish work earlier or I, I stopped doing my exercise. I, I used to plan my exercise in at the end of the day. And when I got to the end of the day, after about four weeks, I just thought, I haven't got the energy to, to, do, to do exercise. And so I stopped doing my exercise, which obviously didn't have a great effect on me. And after about five weeks, I started finishing work earlier. First of all, it would have been like 4.30 and then four, until about six weeks, I actually ended up taking, having to take a day off in the middle of the week. And for me, this is, I mean, well, anybody that knows me, this is virtually unheard of. And I, I wasn't quite sure what was happening. And so I spoke to my wife about this and she said, cause obviously she was working at home as well. And she said, well, it's, it's hardly surprising. She said, you know, you're going into the office at eight o'clock in the morning, the office upstairs, this grand place I'm sitting right now. Um, you're going to work at eight in the morning and you're coming out at probably around about six, 6.30 in the evening. And other than a really short break for lunch, which may have been, you know, 15 minutes, if half an hour, you're just spending all your time in your office. Are you sure you're not burning out? And I thought, do you know what? I hadn't even considered whether or not I was, but I think I was. I think that's what was really happening. And of course, I took that day off that I had to take. And then the next day I thought, oh, I feel kind of a bit better now. It wasn't perfect but it was quite clear that I wasn't really getting any rest. Um, and what had really occurred to me was that, and this is probably the same for most people, is that that time that you were no longer spending commuting, you know, I would have gone to a co-working space in Sirencester or wherever else, or going to a client's office. That space where you normally would drive or you would normally be traveling to a co-working space or whatever, I was kind of still going into the office at that same time when I would have stepped into a car but I was starting work straight away. So all of that extra time that I now had, I was working with and yeah, it takes its toll if you don't give yourself enough rest. Mm, so it was piling up on you, just work, 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 work. And you, you hadn't noticed it until it, until it happened. So that, that goes to show really that even the best time management people out there, which I consider myself very much the same, that you're not immune to no. overworking yourself and it's recognizing what is happening um, and the impact that's having on yourself and those around you. Um, could you give us some examples of that impact um, on if you are overworking and you're burning yourself out, uh, what sort of things to, for you to recognize? Well, it's the ones I mentioned, you know, um, interestingly, I, th I think to start with, it's the, it's the, 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 the running out of energy you know, have, get, getting, getting to a point in your day when you're supposed to be relaxing and you're almost too tired to relax. Because for me, going and doing exercising was, was relaxing. But I was just too tired to even do that. And it was a different tired. It was a mental tiredness, not a physical tiredness. But if you're not mentally prepared to do something, you're not going to go and do it. And so even though my body needed some physical exercise, my head just wasn't in the space. You know, and for me, it probably would have manifested, well, probably it did manifest itself as me, instead of going and doing exercise and then having a shower, which in itself was quite a nice relaxing thing, and then having dinner and then maybe sitting down and watching a bit of television. 
it was almost like sitting down television was almost the first thing you would do because it, it, you just wanted to switch off and let something wash over you. Um, and I'd usually just sit down with a glass of wine and it would be almost like, yeah, I have a glass of wine, just need to relax, forget about the day. And that, that's probably one of the first signs is that you just, you just don't have the mental energy to do something which is quite clearly very good for you, which is going and doing, going and doing some exercise. But as I said, you know, getting to before the end of the day and feeling like I just haven't got enough energy to finish what I'm doing, that is also, a, I, I'd say, a big indicator. But then, of course, for me, the big one was actually having to take a complete day off. Um, and, it, and it has such a massive effect. So it's just a, a mental fatigue, I would say. Yeah, and I've heard other people say something similar um, around like Zoom burnout, spending yeah. too much time in front of the computer. And so by doing so, their eyes have been physically hurting them. And I suppose you can, you can feel that. Um, sometimes it's difficult to um, notice when you don't have the energy. You kind of blame it on something else. It's, oh, it's this thing. It's not that I'm burnt out. And from mm -hmm. experience, many people are just not aware of their mind and their bodies. It's not something that we've been taught uh, in school, you know, how to recognize what's going on. How do you feel? That's, you know, a subject that doesn't really get talked about. So, yeah, it's what you're saying. It's about um, when you're not showing up for the things that are important, that you know are important. So exercise is important. But what if someone was never into exercise and that was just not their thing? Um, what other um, examples are there where you see the signs? So I, I can give one example because I've seen this myself is getting snappy. When you're tired, you snap at your loved ones or your children. You just don't have time for it. But that's just because you're mentally exhausted. You, they're asking you a question, you snap. You're thinking, why did I snap? That, that seems ridiculous. But actually your brain's just like, I cannot take anything more in right now. So have you seen other examples that people would need to, to recognize and say, actually, I've, I've just done too much work? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that, 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 that's a classic one because, you know, thinking back about it now, that was probably me as well. Because in, in some respects, you're almost frustrated that you're not getting the best out of yourself. And you can sense it. You, you know you're not. Um, and because of that, you kind of you become quite hard on yourself and you feel a bit guilty. And of course, that guilt, the only the slightest thing has to be has to go. On, it's like picking at a scab. Only the slightest thing has to pick at that. And then you, you, you almost kind of recognize it and go, yeah, that's exactly what I've done. But you feel stupid because of it. And that's why you snap, because you think somebody's judging you. And they're not. They're just observing. But they're probably picking out something you really don't want to see in yourself. So, yeah, that, absolutely. That would be a that would be a key thing for me. And what is like the remedy to um, solving the burning out, uh, particularly when you're working from home? So for me, um, I, I, I now know what it is for me. And it may be different for other people, but whenever I talk about um, my remedy for it, it seems to get a huge amount of interest. Um, I do something called a discovery and I have these um, slides that I go through and I use a tool called Mentimeter. And in the tool, there is the ability to not only interact with the presentation by answering questions, but you can also put on uh, emojis and you can like slides. And I did one recently at a big pharmaceutical company in Switzerland. And as I, it's interesting, you go through all this stuff, you talk about the colors of my product. We don't know that here because we haven't spoken about it, but we talk about the colors and the targets and all these various things. And you think, you know, these are, these are amazing concepts, really simple, but give you so much. And I go through this one slide that is just something that came out of an accident, which is this thing called a foundation week. 
which I created. And it was, as soon as people saw that on the screen, you could just see the hearts start piling in across the screen. People like you going, really? What this is? This is the thing that's, that's that that is resonating with you most, and obviously it is. So for me, I wasn't sure what it was to start with, and I created this thing called the Foundation Week as a bit of a teaser, a bit, a bit, a bit of a spoiler alert. But before I tell you about that, I wanted to kind of explain how I how I kind of realised what it was, because I when I was working before lockdown. I was still working the same number of hours. You know, I, I haven't said that during lockdown I got up any earlier or that I worked any later. I still would have left the house at eight. I still probably would have got home around about six, six thirty-ish. But I wasn't getting burnt out in the same way. And I thought, well, the length of time that I'm um, committing to my work isn't changing. What has changed? And as I kind of thought about it, I thought, well, the only thing that's really changed in that time is that before lockdown I would have been and it's interesting because it was talking about the things that you were saying were which were, which were wasting time earlier um, I was being interrupted um, you know I you know if I was at a co-working space somebody would come over and say hey how you doing and it was nothing useful for my product or my business per se but I was being interrupted and we end up having a chat for a while or you meet somebody at a water cooler or a coffee machine or I was driving between meetings um, or I was going to meetings and of course in meetings you have this kind of this lull between a meeting where you walk to the meeting room etc and as I thought about it I thought no surely it can't be that simple and what I realized was that before lockdown we were getting a lot more rest um, and you know th those lulls in between meetings that driving to a client site or driving home that interruption was like a, a tiny lull in the day where you wouldn't be working it would just give you that kind of mental break and so i thought to myself well hang on a minute if i listen to what my wife said which was you go into the office at eight in the morning come out at six o'clock in the evening and other than a little break for lunch we don't really see anything of you and i think zoom does have a certain amount to answer for this what I realized was that the only difference was is that I wasn't getting as much rest, but it wasn't conscious rest. Back then it was just accidental rest. It was interruption, what we would have called wasting time. But actually it added a huge amount of value. Now the thing is, I'm not suggesting for one minute that we go back to the office and that we waste loads of time. That's not the point. I think if, if in fairness, we were going to too many meetings, we were wasting, we were being interrupted a little bit too often. But that rest doesn't have like a, a battery charge. Once you've got the rest, any extra you use is just kind of wasted, really. You just don't realise. So what I thought to myself was maybe I'm just not getting enough rest during the day. And so what I decided to do was um, create this thing called a foundation week. And the foundation week was really conscious rest during a day where I would give myself a break in the morning and in the afternoon and not just enough time to go to the toilet between these Zoom meetings and make a coffee, but actually sit down and drink the coffee as well. Revolutionary idea, I know. Um, but the number of cold cups of coffee that had sat next to my Zoom meetings. In fact, there is one here right now. Um, so there was breaks during the day. Um, the other thing I did is I pulled my exercise from the end of the day into the middle of the day. I did it around about lunchtime. And I followed that with lunch. And that lunch was only half an hour, but it was a lunch break. So I actually had an hour and a half block in the middle of the day. And some people would be going, oh, you can't do that. That's work time. No, just I thought, well, look, I can always change it. 
if it doesn't work. Um, but also a key one was at five o'clock in the evening, I have like a little, um, a little block called Loki. Loki is my dog, a black Labrador retriever called Loki. And he's the Norse god of mischief, well named. Um, should also be called Shadow and Dyson because the fact that he follows you whenever you have food and hoovers up after you. Um, but what I did is I consciously put an element at the end of the day to go and walk Loki. And that was the signal to me that the end of my working day had arrived. Now, what this did is it gave me, if you think about it, from eight till six, what's that? Eight till six, but uh, 10 hours? Yes, yeah, 10 hours. 10 hours with a half hour lunch break. It's nine and a half hours of potential working time. That's huge. But by creating the foundation week with these extra blocks, I reduced the amount of working time I had in the day to three, maybe six, six hours. Now that's three and a half hours less than I originally had. And I thought, well, look, let's just give it a go, see how it works. But I actually found that I was more productive, even though I was spending two thirds of the time dedicating to work. Um, and I think a lot of it was down to, you, you may have heard of Parkinson's law, uh -huh. work, exp work expands to fill the time available for its completion. And that's what I'd done. I'd kind of given myself nine and a half hours during the day to do work. And of course, everything that I planned to do took nine and a half hours. That's what Parkinson's law said. So I decided to kind of turn Parkinson's law on its head, give myself only six to six and a half hours. And I got every bit of that work done because what it did is it focused me more in these like 90 minute or two hour chunks, focused me more. I got a lot more done and I didn't waste time. You know, if somebody interrupted me, I'd say, don't actually have time to be interrupted right now. I've got to work on this, but we can talk later. And that had the effect of just diverting away some of that time, which would have naturally been what I call brown or wasted time. So yeah, the foundation week, I, I decided that to get a life, you have to plan one. And if you, if, if you plan your time in, it's almost like we've got used to working in, uh, living in the gaps between work. And I'm suggesting, why don't we work in the gaps between life? And yeah, whenever I show that to people now, they kind of go, that's amazing. And you go, well, it's not really. It's, it, it's, it's just something we never thought to do, which is to prioritise our life above our work. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. And if you think about, um, there's, a, there's a stat out there, whenever you're interrupted, it takes 24 minutes to um, refocus. And if you think if you're in an office and someone chats to you or there's a, co a great conversation further over there, you're just like, oh, what's going on? And, and all those disruptions add up. So in actual fact, if you were to work out the amount of time you've worked in the office, it'd be far less than the six and a half hours that you were doing. Um, so you're suggesting then there is wasted time, particularly if you're doing a lot of it. Um, but it's important to have those mental breaks in between. And those mental breaks, you can make a choice. You can do you know, real bad time wasting activities or you can do something that's um, you know, useful to you. So um, part of your life balance, if you've got some home admin and you need a mental break, go clean the kitchen for 15 minutes or something like that. So you're breaking up your day, giving that mental rest and actually getting something else done that <clears throat> also moves your body or whatever it might be, exercise, um, go for a walk, take the dog, something like that. And that allows you to um, re-energize. And that's the irony because if you were to listen to most managers who manage people that work flexibly, remotely, whatever the phrases you want to use, one of the biggest fears that most managers have is that people won't be working. They'll be doing the washing or they'll be doing the ironing or they'll be doing this. And it's like, 
that's a good thing. It's a good thing. You need to have a break. If you think about it, when we were back, when we were in the office, there was a natural throttle to having too many meetings. And it was uh, um, a uh, scarcity of meeting rooms. But what's Zoom done? Zoom has given us infinite meeting rooms to have as many meetings as we want, as often as we want them. <laughs> it's absolute craziness. So yeah, it's definitely worth taking some breaks during the day. And to your point, when you said, you know, when you have those breaks, you could fill them with this unproductive time. I think the, the real danger is that we don't realize it's unproductive. We fall into it by accident. As soon as there is a gap there, I mean, I, I, I do it with my product. As soon as you find that somebody has a gap in their diary and you find out what they actually spent that time for, they will usually spend that time for either red or brown behavior. Now, red is doing, that's, that's not bad. It's only bad if you do too much of it. But often, more often than not, it goes on brown behavior. You procrastinate. You just fill it with stuff because what else are you going to fill it with unless you consciously plan it out? Um, but to your point on, um, on uh, context switching, when you get interrupted, um, I, I, I was pointed to a report that an, a company called Workfront created. And it suggested that in Western Europe, the average UK, what we would have called white collar, I'm not sure if that's a politically correct phrase anymore, but information-based, not manual worker, um, and the average white-collar worker in Western Europe wastes 11.4 hours at work every week. Now, that is 20%, that's a day a week yeah. being lost, and it goes down to mainly three things. It goes to meetings that don't add any value, and we've all been to those meetings where you come out and you go, well, there's an hour I'm never getting back. Um, it goes on email, 50% of their time can be spent in email and only 14% of those emails are actually relevant to their role. But the big one was interruptions. 2.1 hours every day spent being interrupted and a third of that time is spent context switching. Just, just the act of being interrupted, getting your head into something else and then getting your head back to what you were doing, that's a third of that time. So as soon as you've been interrupted, is it, it's gone and 20% of the time only do you actually need to be interrupted. The rest of it is a completely trivial reason. You needn't have been interrupted in the first place. Wow. So then in effect, working from home might actually be beneficial unless you have children running around. Uh, that, that might be a challenge. Um, yeah, you should, uh, if you plan it, is what you're saying, if you plan your time, yeah. you could be very productive with it, but you need to be conscious of mental breaks that you still need. Um, and cut out all the brown behavior, wasting time, things that add no value to your life and your work is your life. So overall, if it doesn't add value, cut it out. Don't do it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that the foundation week, as I said, that was the thing that got lots of hearts. People going, oh, it's amazing. But I think it goes a step further because I would always say that the foundation week is the first thing you should plan in. Yeah, you don't have to be conscious about living, as I call it because it's the first thing that you should plan. If you plan that in to start with and work around that, you will find you'll get far more done. So it's not a case of, you know, figure out what you want to get done at work and then at the end of it, plan all your personal time out. No, 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 no. What will happen is you will, Parkinson's law said, all of your work will naturally expand. It just will. So if you give it less time to expand into, and there is a natural lower bound, you can't take like a you know, a one hour task, give it only five minutes and expect it to take five minutes. But there is, there is a reasonable lower bound there. Plan your life in first. I'd always say, if you want to get, if you want to get a life, plan a life. 
That's the, it's as simple as that. And I think that's why it resonated with so many people. And, you know, to, to talk to it, there's a company called Green King, a big pub company in the UK. And they realized this early on. Um, I think they were leading, leading the field in it, actually. They actually created what they, I think they called it golden time. And they basically banned all of their employees from booking meetings or having Zoom calls or doing anything work-related between 12.30 and 1.30 every day to give their people the permission to just in the middle of the day have a mental break. And I think, that's, I think, I think, it, was, I think it was genius because what I noticed is that by bringing my exercise forward and doing it in the middle of the day, I was actually more productive in the afternoon because I had that mental break and it kind of recharged you. I think of blue time as recharging a battery. And why would you not give yourself a space in the middle of the day to recharge? You can work a little bit later at but the end of the day. Like having lunch or does lunch come next? So you've got an hour of do what you like mm -hmm. and then lunch is then after. So in effect, you've got like about two hours worth of free time. Depends how you, depends how, depends how you choose to do it. I mean, for Green King, they basically said that they were going to have, they, were, they basically mandated a company lunch hour where nobody could interrupt anybody. So for them, they probably would have just gone and had their lunch watched a bit of television, just chilled out, relax, 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 and then come back to work refreshed. For me, I took it a step further because obviously I had, I was training for the marathon, which I ran two weekends ago. And so I wanted to make sure I did that. And I couldn't not do that training because I was doing it for charity as well. So for me, I wanted to make sure I did it. So I just brought it forward to the middle of the day, which was an hour. It took me to do that run. But I wanted to have lunch as well. And so I, I kind of tacked that lunch hour. And I think generally they say you, it's best to eat within the first 30 minutes after you've exercised. So I was taking an hour and a half break during the middle of the day, which, as I said to you before, some people would look at that and go, you can't do that. And it's like, well, you can. It's not about when you work. It's about what you're doing when you are working. Are you delivering the, the value and the results that you mean to, to deliver? Does it really matter whether you're doing that at four in the morning or doing that at eight in the evening? or if you're not working during the middle of the day and, and just mixing it around, I don't think it really matters as long as you are productive when you are there, that is the most important thing. So yeah, I put it all into the middle of the day and that hour and a half break just gave me so much more energy for the afternoon. Yeah, good. So then what would be the one bit of advice that you'd give to the listeners? Is it about planning um, or is it more than that? No, that's it. I would literally say the first thing that you should do um, I mean, I, I do a thing every Friday morning called a weekly diary detox. And all that is, is it's a maximum of 30 minutes that I use to look back at my past week and look forward to planning out my future week. It doesn't take that long. And because it's conscious time on a Friday morning when you're not panicking because it's not the end of the day and you've got plenty of time, you just take that time to just think about what's really important to me going forward. The first step of the future week part is to book in my living time is to just plan my life work will take care there's always going to be loads of work to fill the gaps but we very very rarely prioritize our own life so the most important thing i would say and where all the hearts start jumping in on my presentations is plan your foundation week in and you know what what i do is i plan it in repeating so if you look at my diary next year july the 10th you will see the same one two three four five six blue blocks during my day shower breakfast break exercise lunch break and low key 
you'll see them all the way through because why wouldn't you plan that in as your first thing? It's the immovable. You can move it, just don't remove it is my advice. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, do you have any services or products available to help our listeners to go to yellow? Yeah, the, the, probably the main one for, you, for, for your guys um, at the moment would be the book. So I created a book, um, I think it's coming up to a year now, the anniversary of, of releasing the book, which I hadn't realised until you just said that. Um, it's called What Are You Doing? I'm about to send this to somebody in France. So it just happens it's here. <laughs> I've got a load of them here. <laughs> it sounds like a completely um, branded out my office, but this up here is a picture that my stepdaughter painted of the front of my book for my birthday, bless her, bless her. Um, so yeah, there's a book and the book is the whole thing. It's the diary detox. It's called, what are you doing? And the intonation is, what are you doing? Um, and the subtitle is the uncomfortable truth about how you waste time at work. And we just don't realize we're doing it. That's the main thing I think that will get people started. And it'll introduce you to all the concepts you need. The only one it doesn't introduce you to is living and the foundation week, because the foundation week is something that came out very recently. Um, but it's my plan to write the second edition, which will include living very soon. Okay, awesome. And how can the listeners get in touch with you? So the best way to get in touch with me to start would be, would be via diarydetox.com by the website. And if you go there, you'll see five at the moment pictures of people and it'll tell you who they are and it'll tell you what the problem is they're having. And the hope is that somebody would go to that website and they will recognize themselves and go, that's me. And then if you click on that, it'll take you to any other relevant information that would be for you in that position. So for most of your people, they'll probably click on the, uh, the, 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 the guy who is the manager who just wants to get more time. Um, and if you go in there, it'll tell you all about the book. Brilliant. Okay, so Paul is available to support you, guide you, inspire you on your journey to yellow. Reach out today. Help is there. It's always there. But you must take the first step. Details can be found in the description. Paul, thank you for your words of wisdom You're today welcome. and in the Yellow magazine. <laughs> May your life be yellow. Or green. <laughs> or green. <laughs> Not brown. Not brown. <laughs> Not brown. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>